podcast dedicated to reviewing every movie that tries to be funny this week uh i said i wasn't going to do it like kendra said she wasn't going to do it one of us is a liar uh we are going to review home alone 3 or should i say i'm going to do it but i cannot review it alone so i pulled in some of my friends uh from budget arcade we've got scott yo yo uh and from budget arcade and tessa and elliot argue we've got elliot How's it going? And they were kind enough to watch Home Alone 3 so we could finish the trilogy. Now, there are more Home Alone movies after this, but they're not on Disney+. And I mean it this time. I I ain't watching anymore. I don't even consider this one canon. Home Alone 4 is a sequel to Home Alone 1 and 2, but Home Alone 3 is not. Okay, so Home Alone 4, is the kid in that supposed to be Kevin McAllister? Yes, and the bad guy is supposed to be um, the bad guy from the first two. The What, Pesci? Pesci, yeah, he's supposed to be Pesci. But but no Daniel Stern. No, it's um the guy who plays Pesci, uh, or well, the guy who's playing Pesci's character is uh, French Stewart, who was on Third ah, Rock from the Sun. Wow. Okay, so, all right, so listen in next week. I haven't watched it. I just know of it. So <laughs> well, it's not I, I on Disney Plus, so it's not easily accessible, at least for me. Uh, so we're going to finish December out with uh, Home Alone 3. Uh, I've watched it. Elliot's watched it. I don't know if Scott rewatched it, but he's familiar with it. Now, Elliot and Scott have saw it before. Uh, My kids have watched it repeatedly since we got Disney Plus. I think they've watched it at least six times. And I've walked in with them watching it at least three of those times. And Elliot saw it in the theaters. Yeah, I was 10, 1997. I looked it up. I was 10, and I went and saw this in theaters. Whew. Ouch. I know. I don't know what That we makes me thinking. feel old, though, too. You were 10 in 97. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the plot real quick. Feel free to interject when you guys find something that was funny or that you wanted to point out, because more than likely you didn't find anything funny. Well, I, I did want to point out that it seems that after the first Home Alone, Hollywood got this bug where they wanted to create these movies that were very similar slapsticky comedy that they thought would do well. Like there's, you know, all three Home Alones or four Home Alones, I guess. There was that idiotic movie, Baby Day, Baby's Day Out. Oh, and I think my there's, gosh, a, that there's a couple terrible. others that are exactly the same type of plot. Now, I saw Baby's Day Out in the theater. Oh, yeah. I was with you, remember? And it was terrible. It was at the we, Dollar Theater, right? We skipped school to watch it, remember? And it was like, we should have <laughs> oh just gosh. stayed at school. I, we should have stayed at school. It would have been better off. Yes, we we made that comment. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll review it. Maybe I'll get you both back on and we'll do uh, Baby's Day Out. Because there's no way LaKendra will willingly subject I refuse subject to watch that movie it. again, even to do a review Too bad. on it. Okay, well, we'll have to lose a bet or something. Um, So, if you were flipping through your television channels, uh, because you lived 10 years ago, and you came across the opening scene, you would not guess this was a Home Alone movie. It starts off in a dark, 
sort of industrial district where shady characters are making an exchange for this chip. I guess it's supposed to be a microchip, but this is... What year did this come out? 97? 97. So, so the microchips back then were as large as like a DVD case or something. I mean, pretty big microchip. For missiles, I think. Yeah, so apparently what this microchip does, if you put it in a missile, it will keep it so the missile cannot be intercepted. And so this group of Russians is trying to get it. Uh, I, uh, Russians Stealth will... missiles. What's that? Stealth mis- missiles. Well, well it, it, this really doesn't matter. However, <laughs> I will I, I will say after watching Home Alone 2, I will applaud Home Alone 3 for doing something different. What we get introduced to is our little boy whose name I cannot remember. Anybody got IMDb up? Oof, no. Alex? I believe it's sure, Alex. Sure, we'll call him Alex. Yeah, Alex. It doesn't matter. No, it was Alex. So Alex is uh, never really... I mean, he's home alone, but he's not left behind in the same way that um, Kevin McAllister is. So he he was more of a latchkey kid in this. <laughs> so he gets the chicken pox. Uh, and so he now the chicken pox, if you vaccinate, you, yeah, that don't know will uh, is kind of been wiped out. But it was a fairly minor illness you would get pox and usually a fever but it would pass in a week or so but it was also contagious um and so but he would have to stay home because he got chicken pox through this you kind of introduce that this kid alex is uh, a gadget guy he makes things like he has a remote with like a small uh viewing glass on it where he turns off and on his neighbor's tv this older uh woman that's across the street that kind of babysits and he does work for them uh, so he's shoveling their driveway and she gives him a remote control car. But what happens before this is that chip we talked about in the first scene gets swapped. The packages get swapped. This old woman accidentally grabs this bag that these Russians have brought and the Russians take her bag. Um, and then she gives this toy car that she didn't mean to get in the first place to Alex as a gift or as a payment for uh, shoveling her driveway fun fact the uh, actor's name is also alex <laughs> that's not that that's laziness Al, you know what probably happened they called him tim or whatever and he wouldn't respond all right fine your name's alex and then they just moved on yep that's what happened uh this kid's actually not a bad kid actor um he's not too annoying you know not jake lloyd levels of annoying that close to being annoying um so he's a gadgety kid uh he gets the meat the chicken pox his mom says well you got to stay home and she's gonna stay home with him but her boss insists that she come to work for something blah 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 so he has to spend each day that he's homesick a few hours alone and so it is different than home alone three he's not totally on his own but he sees one of these. So these Russian group find out what neighborhood this package went to. And they're in the neighborhood. And they're trying to figure out which of these houses has what they're looking for. Which is this chip that's inside the car. So Alex sees a shady figure in one of the other houses that he knows doesn't belong there. He calls the police. And okay, the police. And, okay. He straight up knows his neighbor's address as he's calling the police too. Like. 
do you know your your neighbor's address across the street, like diagonal from you? This seven year old no. kid does. I could probably guess it just because of how addresses work, but yeah, I I'm with you. But what's funny to me is the cops immediately kick the door in. Yes, they don't knock. Like if you call the police on your neighbors, the police are not going to just straight up kick the door in, unless your house is on fire. I mean. It's just not going to happen. They kick the door in, find nobody there, and his Alex's mom comes home. And is like, you're in trouble because now we have to pay to replace this door that these police have kicked in. And his siblings are up are making fun of him too. Who his sibling, his sister is Scarlett Johansson. Yes, uh, Scarlett Johansson is in this, and she's what ten maybe at the yeah, time, maybe yeah. Um, and then a. This like kid that I guess is trying to be the next Buzz, and <laughs> these two are like tormenting of the, their little brother. Not even remotely nice. They're jerks until later in the movie. Um, where are we? What are we talking about here? He called the neighbor. And he called she the would police have been once. thirteen when this show. Yeah, and so so she probably was twelve whenever they uh, recorded the movie. Okay, everybody kind of goes back to where they are, and. Alex, once again, like the next day, sees something suspicious. So he calls the police. The police come over. They kick some doors in. This time they kick in the front and back door for good measure. (laughs) And they don't find anybody. (laughs) Now, you do see that the person is still inside the house, just hiding kind of up in the rafters. Uh, And so now Alex knows no matter what, these guys are going to... the police aren't going to believe me. So I got to take matters into my own hands. Uh, there's a scene. So we've got a boy cry- cries wolf situation. Right. right but now. he's not crying wolf. And so you have, so your, your Harry and Marv characters are actually four Russians. One of which looks like uh, a bad uh, Jason Isaacs, like a worse I, Jason. Isaacs. I literally thought that it was Jason Isaacs the first time I saw him I because did, of that. I had to look it up. I did too. It, oh no, it's just bad Jason Isaacs. Yeah, it's poor man's Jason Isaacs. <laughs> if you don't know who Jason Isaacs is, he played uh, Help Me Out Here, the blonde He's guy in, in Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, Malfoy. M- yeah. Daddy Matt Malfoy. Matt Eye Moody. Oh my gosh, oh, this okay. guy's oh. on your. Uh, get this guy off Sorry. the podcast. I don't pay attention to actors. Okay. Names. Sorry. Well. Draco's dad, uh, Lucius Malfoy. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, um, but he's not in this movie because that would have made it better. Uh, There's one guy with long hair who's kind of like the stonery guy. There's a woman and then the leader who looks really familiar. Um, He's like an English actor that I've seen in other movies. I don't know his name. But not really, but also fake at the same. Like he's the poor man's version of that, I think. Oh, okay. That might be. Um, So there's like this chasing with that car and they see the house that the car goes into uh, or something along those lines. I don't know. Basically, they figure out that this kid has the stuff they need and he's going to lure them into his house. So they, it, Alex is actually much braver than Kevin McAllister. He's much more aggressive. Like he lures them into the house. Kind of like in Home Alone 2, where he leads them where he wants them to go. Because they establish early on that he does gadgets and stuff, the setup is actually a little more believable. Uh, 
there are a couple straight up murder devices he sets up uh, that have to do with like electricity and hypothermia. So they enter the house and it's kind of more of the same of what you expect from a Home Alone movie. They aren't any better or worse than what you would normally see. Some of them are actually pretty creative. So it's like winter out and he turns the, the rails that you would use to get in and out of your pool the other way around and then places a trampoline on the frozen pool. Which he gets into the riding a lawnmower to move out. So this dude, this kid with chicken pox is outside working up a sweat. Better out than in. Which probably has a fever to yeah, begin with. I just found but it it's like cold amusing outside, right? That this sickly child's like doing all of this work. Yeah, he does not play sick. And did you notice he doesn't scratch a single time? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's good catch. Uh, so he leads them through the house. Um, you know, pretty much this is the bulk of where the slapstick comes in. Uh, I'll say as someone who did like the first one, none of the the pranks are that great, like the actual violence of them, but it's the, the, the amazing reactions from Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci that make that movie work so well. For sure. Yeah. And I think the real comic relief in this movie is the parrot. Oh, yeah, there's a part where the dad is about to go to work and his son's like, aren't you forgetting something? Yeah. And he comes, no, son, you need to be blah, you know, whatever. And he's like, dad, are you sure? Have you got your wallet? And he goes, yeah, it's in my pocket. Oh, I'm not wearing pants. This is the type of humor this movie goes for. And there's just so much buildup in this movie until the actual, like, it feels like two halves of a movie because the first half is very, like, serious. The villains are very smart Ex- in the first yeah. half. In the second half, it just crumbles very quickly. I agree with that. That they The, the tone of when you see the villains on screen is what you would see in, like, a 90s spy The Italian movie. job. Yeah. Right. They're very serious and dark. And then as soon as they go into his house, it gets totally slapstick. People get electrocuted. Their hair shoots up, you know, and it, it's more they the get same. stuck in a dumb waiter. Yeah, they get in the dumb waiter, which nobody has dumb waiters. How is this a thing that's still around? You're in Ohio, Elliot. Do you have a dumb I waiter? I have never seen an actual dumb waiter ever. Right. How do these houses have yeah, this? I mean, the closest. Do you have a laundry chute to that? Yeah. Um, my, yeah, my, my grandmother had a laundry chute in New York, yeah. and that was probably the closest thing. Now, I will say the laundry chute's genius, because you yeah. take your stinky clothes, yes. and you send them into another room. Yeah, or you genius. make your mom wash them. <laughs> right. Anyway, so... The magic chute. These... Throw them down there, and then they come out clean. Uh, among one of the dark things that these villains do, they actually abduct the older neighbor... And taper up in a drafty ware like a shed, uh, where she starts freezing. Like I said, it's winter outside, so much so that the pool at Alex's house is frozen over. So th- this actually could kill this older woman. Th- these are not good people. Um, no, he the the main villain even suggested he's going to go up and kill whatever woman is in the house that Alex lives in. Oh yeah. Cause, Cause he sets it up where the, uh, the 
what is it? Answering machine no, comes on. No, it's the parrot. The parrot yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, so, also, th- they have actual weapons, too. Like guns? Yes. Yeah, because remember, he Alex yeah. spray, spray oh, right. the gun? It, one of the, yeah, one of the key points is the gun gets swapped around. Yeah, so, like, they actually have weapons, because doesn't he try to actually do, like, he pulls the gun out on the kid at some point. Yeah, he tries. And it's the fake to, one. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was no gun violence in the original Home Alone. Well, yeah, they just had crowbars and stuff. He did shoot uh, Marv in the head in the doggy door. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. That was a BB gun. BB gun. But they, uh, he, in Home Alone 2, he does try to go full murder. Oh, he certainly does. He tries to murder them. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, anyway, they they all kind of get caught up except for the main bad guy. The leader of the group, the Alex runs and he finds this older woman and, you know, untapes her and knows that she's cold and this is not a good situation. And ultra bad guy comes in and finds them and pulls out a gun that he had unknowingly put down his real gun and picked up uh, this fake like Nerf gun with a rubber suction cup on the end. And immediately the Alex notices and pulls out his own gun that now the villain knows is the real gun. And so the villain runs off and of course the kid pulls the trigger and it's just bubbles. Well, Alex does find the real gun and puts it in a trash can so nobody yes. is able to grab that later on. Yep. And uh, so they captured three of them. Yes. And... Uh, they're like, man, it would have been really great to get the leader. We've been looking for these guys for a while. The parents come home. They're like, oh, we didn't believe you. We should have believed you. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, only the mom comes home. Only the mom comes. uh, Yeah, because the dad's out of town, right? Okay. Yeah. He never shows back up. No, he's been out of town. Yeah. The whole time. Well, don't the cops come to the school to, to get the, the siblings. Yeah. The FBI agents go to the school. And I guess the the roads are closed at the time because of there was a big snowfall. And the bad guys cut the street signs so that the plows didn't plow their that main street that they that Alex lives on. They're Genius very smart. Levels. They're very smart for being so stupid. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't plan on getting outsmarted by a kid. Now, remind me because I'm blanking on what happens. How they ca- oh so um. The parrot. Yeah, the parrot. He's in the, the igloo parrot. thing, right? Yeah. Ah, he's like in this doggy igloo, hiding, waiting for the cops to leave. And the parrot drives in with like the remote control this, on the, the remote RC. Control car. Yeah, yeah. And, but the the it's like rigged up with fireworks. This igloo. Yes. <laughs> and early on, they established that. Now, this talking parrot is a full on character. It's not that he's just repeating things that he's learned to say like a real, real parent would. He's intelligent and he has full conversations with people. And he's self-aware. Yes, he's a sentient being. And he <laughs> has a conversation with the kid where the kid tries to pay him with one cracker and he requires two. Well, it just so happens the villain has one cracker on here. He tries to pay the bird off to keep the bird from lighting the fuse set off these fireworks that would get the cops to know where he is. And the bird's like, hey, you got two? And he's like, no. So he blows up the fireworks, which makes me wonder, how would this ending be? How good of a movie would it be if he had a second one and it paid the bird off and the bird just left? 
Or how about if the uh, the the criminal was like the criminal in Dumb and Dumber and snapped the bird's neck? <laughs> so dark. Both so would have stop. actually. Both pretty, of those endings would have worked for me. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Can you say pretty bird? Pretty bird. Well, they catch this guy, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, it, it. I will say this. It's better than I thought it would be going in. It wasn't bad. I, it felt like a made-for-TV movie, and maybe it's because my expectations were v- the lowest they could possibly be. I didn't hate it. It definitely wasn't a rehash of one and two. Uh, yes, like two was no, of it one. was not. Yeah. And the acting isn't terrible either. It really, it, it seems like it, it looked like it was a big budget movie at the time, you know? It, and it did. And like you said, it came out in theaters. And I think what they, how do I, what am I trying to say? But what they tried to put out there, they successfully did. It's family friendly. The comedy is not for me. Uh, but it's like you said, Scott, your kids have watched it a ton. Yeah, and they they love it. Like it's it's held up for a younger audience this day and age, just like it would have been, you know, for Elliot when he watched it in the theater back then. It, I'm sure he liked it that back then, right, Elliot? Um, I don't remember like walking out of the theater and being in love, but I I don't remember like disliking it at all. Yeah, yeah, but you probably laughed at a I'm lot sure of parts I probably in, did. in the movie. Correct? I'm sure I did. It's definitely better than Baby's Day Out. So. Uh, <laughs> oh yes that was terrible <laughs> gentlemen oh, gosh what we do on this podcast we give movies a rating between one and five and then we average the rating with three of us i'm going to need google's help um so let's go around the table scott with no half stars um i'm going to give it a three star three stars okay yeah three stars it, it, it's a good family friendly kids movie um, I don't really feel it sticks to the whole Home Alone line just because, you know, the kid's not actually home alone, quote unquote, because his parents are still in the same town as him. Mm-hmm. These but, parents you know, are less neglectful than the McAllisters. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, and they're they're not as, as well to do either. You could tell by the house. It's not this huge mansion that they're living in. It's a suburban, you know, probably four bedroom house and that's it. Yeah. But yeah, I'll give it three stars. Elliot? All right, I want to give it three, but um, it's written by John Hughes. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, yeah. And that's rough, man. This is a rough John Hughes movie, yeah. which I didn't even realize until... Was it an early John Hughes no, movie? No, it's a late John Hughes movie, I believe. Um, this was Well, some people lose period, it late. Right? Look, at, yeah. look at Lucas and Spielberg. They haven't put out anything good. So um, I'm going to give it a two... I don't think it's one bad and it does have Scarlett Johansson in it, even though she's very young, but so I'm going to go two. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of speaking lines either. Yeah. So it wasn't like she's full barely in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm torn. Cause if I give it a three, I'm saying it's better than home alone two. Cause I gave home alone two, a two just because it was totally unoriginal. Uh, yeah, but Home Alone 2 was meta. Was it? It was. <laughs> yeah, was it was it? the same script. Do you understand meta? Exactly. Uh. But you know, all that's what I'm saying. This genre 
of movie is like they're all the same script. This was a different script than Home Alone 1, though. So Home Alone yeah. 2 had the, the only difference was is that he was in New York and that instead of his house being robbed, it was a toy store. They even had uh, there was a character, the spooky guy that lived in his neighborhood in the first one. Yeah. And they had that same Marley. character. Yeah. Pigeon lady. The pigeon lady in the second yep. one because they needed the same narrative structure. This doesn't have that. The only thing that it really shares with the first one. Well, you know, Toy Store Guy and Pigeon Lady are both one character. What? Oh, boy. That's. What the heck are you talking <laughs> about? Hey, that's right. This is. I can curse on this podcast. Oh. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, he has that connection with the uh, Toy Store Guy, but then he also has that same connection with the Pigeon but Lady. But that doesn't make them the, the same purpose. Same person. Okay, whatever. Okay. Same character. We're never going to get invited back, Scott. Look what you're doing, man. <laughs> That's my goal. Oh. Well, let's use some math. Hold on, let me see. Uh, so what are you giving it? What are you, what are you giving it? Uh, 12 stars. I... That's that new math, right? I'm going to give it a 2. Because I can't really recommend it. I mean, it's a 2. It's not great. But it's also not as bad as I thought it'd be. So let's do some math because I'm going to show my stupidity because I don't really know this. I believe it's a 2.3. Repeating, of That's course. What I would... Well, I don't know how to repeat. Elliot, you had. You said a 2, yeah, right, yeah. Elliot? So it'd be 7 divided by 3, which is 2 and a third. So 5.6. What? What? How does it have 5.6 stars? Do you oh, even math? math? Oh. Five and two thirds. Oh, uh, no, that's not how it works. Still not. Oh, All right, this so movie good. gets two and a third star. Uh, so this is every comedy ever. Uh, gentlemen, uh, Scott, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Budget Arcade Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, is that it? That's the only place? Like, <laughs> at Budget Arcade um, on Twitter? Twitter, at Ace Budget Matrix Arcade. Zero. Yeah, you could find me personally on Ace Matrix Zero, but I really don't use that that much now, because I'm you basically on the Budget, Budget Arcade. Arcade. Let me show Twitter. you how someone does it as a professional. Elliot, where can people find you? Well, yeah, uh, my wife and I do a podcast, Tessa and Elliot Argue. We talk about weird news stories. Uh, I'm also on Budget Arcade. <laughs> I'm the troll there budgetarcade.com i'm on twitter elliot underscore argues i'm also on instagram also on facebook tess and elliot argue did you see that scott no it just because it wasn't visual it Lord. man uh you can follow this podcast on twitter at every comedy ever our music is provided to us by sir flame the song you hear is pineapple patron off of his latest release Burn Notice 2. You can find that anywhere you stream music. Uh, thank you for listening. I thought that there was the incredible Sir Flame. The indelible, the incredible, the incomparable, the ineffable Sir Flame. That's it for every comedy ever. I'm glad you made it through this entire episode and uh, happy new year and we'll see you on the other side. What, 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 what? Pour another shot. 
Now what, what, yeah, I'm trying to take you to the spot. Yeah. Pineapple, two rolls, get up to the telly. Pineapple, two 